Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast with myself, Andrew Musgrove and Aaron Stokes. It is the Monday show. Plenty to discuss. How are we doing, Aaron? You well? Yeah, very well. Good weekend. Um, and yeah, Monday show on a Monday. We're, we're, we're on a roll, I think. Is that two or three in a row? We two are. Row. Yeah, two in a row. I did forget to add us to the studio to begin with there. Yeah. So if you saw a blank screen, I do apologise, but we are live and with you now. If you'd like to discuss anything to do with Newcastle United, pop your thoughts into the comments and if you listen later on the podcast, remember to subscribe and leave us any comments across social media. Hello to Les, who's popped straight in the comments. Afternoon all, she says hello to you. Um, we're going to start, Aaron, with, I think, just a happy story, a lovely story. And it's the man behind me on the green screen, Joe Linton there. Look at his lovely face. Not only his debut for his country, Brazil, but also a goal to go along with it. And I think everybody to do with Newcastle United is just so made up for the guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I went on Twitter on Saturday night and it was just like a big collective of proud mums and dads. I saw Newcastle fans say that they were crying um, after what they'd witnessed. I mean, it was just, you know, the redemption arc is complete, a fairy tale debut for him. And I think... You know, there's not many players out there that are more deserving of sort of, a, of, a, of an ending like that. Yeah, fantastic to see him, especially from where he's come from to where he is. I think, you know, when fathers put a, a bet on their, their, their newborn baby playing for their country, Yeah, I think you would have got better odds of that happening when he was a child than you would have done Joe Linton in his first season at Newcastle playing for his country. It, it was that bad, wasn't it? Yeah, I completely agree. I think if, you, you know, if we go back to that, you know, the first couple of months and, and maybe the first season when he signed, you know, shot hitting his own head. Didn't look like a striker. Didn't really look like a footballer, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's just credit to him, the, the transformation. Credit to Eddie Howe for the work that he's done with him um, and finding him this new role. And yeah, really, really good to see that he didn't just, you know, get the call up, but he actually, you know, had a really, really good game for Brazil. Well, Les has taken the words right out of my mouth there. Joe Linton epitomises where hard work and commitment can get you. And I think that just sums it up absolutely perfectly because he just knuckled down. There was that game, wasn't there, in the in the cup against a, a League 1 or 2 side. I can't for the life of me remember who it was against. But I remember Robbie Savage was the co-commentator and you could hear the abuse that Joe Linton was getting from the stands. It was away. Someone will tell us it was Rochdale, against. Rochdale, I feel like, maybe is yeah, the one maybe. that stood out. And for him to bounce back from that and then to become what he has done today, it is a testament of spirit and, as Les says, their hard work and commitment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like you say, the graft he's put in, you know, on and off the pitch, he's, you know, he's physically so much better now. He's fitter. He's, you know, much more intelligent as a footballer. Um, and look, we've just got to hope that he can find another level for Newcastle next season. I mean, look at the players he was with. On Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was, when I can't remember what yeah, day it was. Saturday, but Saturday wasn't it? Look at the players he was in the team with. I mean, Vinny Jr., Casemiro. It was great to see him. You know, I know he didn't play alongside Bruno. But great to see him come off for Bruno and, and you know have that little embrace with him. He's just playing on. You know, like you say, the highest level. I mean, the aim now is to try and keep it going. I mean, uh, Ramon Benanes, the the interim manager for Brazil, was full of praise for him after the game, which was really good to see. It didn't really feel like he was there on. You know, just as a token gesture, he felt like the, the, the interim manager really does appreciate him. The only worry is if that a new manager comes in, there's lots of rumours about Ancelotti potentially taking over the Brazil job. He's got to now keep it up to make sure that, you know, next time the World Cup and the Cup of America comes round, he's still in the squad. But I mean, just to be playing 
in the midfield. Obviously, he was signed Newcastle as a number nine. It, it wasn't working. He played out on the left, but here he is playing as as in as a midfield three, where he plays for Newcastle as well. And he he looks like he's played there all his life, but in reality, it's what been eighteen months. Yeah, and I think it, considering he was signed as a striker and, and not just a striker, forty million pound attacking player. His defensive work in midfield is, is quite ridiculous. He looks, as you say, like he's been playing there for years. His positioning, both going forward and the back. I mean, look, I would hate to play against him. You know, he's an absolute mad mountain. Um, well, what do you reckon Bruno's thinking? You know, Bruno's been in and around that Brazil squad, can't seem to get a run of games, and in comes Joe Linton for his first. I mean, he'll be over the moon for him. He'll be over the moon. Look, we know how close they are. They know that they're best pals and, and whatnot. I'm sure... There will be nothing but happiness from Bruno's part. Um, and look, Bruno, Bruno's been there and done it. He's been in and around the squad for three or four years. He knows, you know, he's he's a little bit of the furniture now. But I think it's just good to have them both together in the in the team. Yeah, so he grabbed the goal. He lasted about 65 minutes. And then, as Aaron says, he was replaced by Bruno. A very easy goal by all accounts, but in the right position. Still got to put that in the back of the net. Some would say Joe Linton of old skies that into the stands, even from two or three yards out. Yeah, well, you know, our chief writer, Lee Ryder, wrote a piece about Joe Linton on Sunday morning and made that point exactly. He remembers Rochdale away in the FA Cup where Joe Linton put one over the bar from a yard and, you know, the Joe Linton of old might have done that, but the Joe Linton of new certainly won't. Yeah, fantastic to see. And shall we give our listeners a bit of an exclusive on Joe Linton? Are you ready, dear listeners? Aaron's confused as well. I haven't shared this with Aaron, but the winner of the Chronicles Player of the Season is Joe Linton. Yeah. We asked you guys to vote, and you did in your thousands, and the winner is Newcastle's number seven, Mr. Joe Linton. He was my pick as well, your he pick. he was my pick, yeah. I well, I'm sure you changed your pick like the days of the week, I to probably do, to be fair. You know how I like, I, I like to sit on the fence, but I, I don't think anybody can um, disagree with Joe Linton and get it, I think. We always mention about how the fact six or seven or eight players probably could have won it, given how good the group was this season. But I think nobody can uh, nobody could take it away from Joe Linton. Yeah, thousands picked Joe Linton. Let us know in the comments if you agree with that result. And I think you've mentioned there the task isn't just to keep it going for Brazil; it's to keep it going for Newcastle United. And I've mentioned plenty of times I, I've always felt um, that it's it's going to end. It has to end. He can't keep this up. He can't keep becoming. Or keep going as this midfield enforcer who rattles everyone and anyone. But that's Joe Linton telling me he can do. But he has done, and he will do. I think we're actually we're past the stage now where we, we have to worry about Joe Linton's form tailing off. Oh, well, well past it. I remember being, you know, sat on this podcast with you, start of last season, maybe July, August, saying, I just, I just, I just don't think it can continue. No, surely he can't keep this run of form up. And actually, he's taking it up a level. Now, next season's going to be a different kettle of fish. You look at the players that they're looking for at centre midfield, the players that are being linked, huge names, and you know all those midfield players that have played there this season are all of a sudden going to be fighting for their places, and Joe Linton's one of them. If he all of a sudden has a bad patch, you know, a bad couple of weeks, there's no room for sentiment, and he'll be out with that team. And to kind of phrase it, well done to everyone, the true player of the season. Yeah, I think it's just a marker of how far he's come to what he is, and then, like we said, just maintaining that form week in, week out, because I think Newcastle do look worse when he's not in the side. And it is interesting you mention the players have been linked to in the position Joe Linton plays, and we're going to talk about quite a few of them towards the end of the show. Um, But I think if you'd asked Eddie Howe, if you'd asked 
pretty much any Newcastle United fan whether Julinton would A, be in the starting eleven and B, be in that role. If you'd asked them the start of maybe last, uh, start of the beginning of last season, um, many probably wouldn't have believed you if you'd said he's going to be a, a really key part of this team. He'd improved massively, Hanbill, as you say, at the start of the season. There was still maybe minor niggling doubts about whether he could do it. You know, is he still going to be a part of this sort of new revolution of Newcastle? Is he still going to be here in and around the first team two or three seasons? And I, and I think that was still up in the air. Now, as you say, they look so much worse without him. Um, a lot less balance. His defensive work is really, really missed, especially you know when Dan Burns playing. Um, and yeah, look, he's got to keep it up. But I think now, I mean, there's no denying he's one of the first names on the team sheet. Oh, without a doubt, it's his strength, and it's you know what? It's that little needle that he's got as well. Like he, he always looked like he was scared of his own shadow, but under he how he's become someone I think who realizes the benefit of his own strength and. Tell you what, you do not want to get on the wrong side of him. That's one of the best parts of it. One of the more underrated parts of his game is actually, you know, in a, in that team that Newcastle want to be, where they're upsetting the opposition and they're you know maybe being you know good at game management. Jolinton is actually one of the best. We saw it at Arsenal um, at the Emirates in January. He really, really riled them up. He's always up for a fight. He'll always jump in, you know, to defend his teammates, and that's what you want—a little bit of needle in the middle. I think Casado is probably still waking up in the middle of the night um, after Joe Linton was going to go from against Brighton. Uh, Billy asks, how much would Joe Linton cost now? Do you think a lot more than forty million? And look, this is the this is the thing. I, I you won't hear me doing this often on on this podcast, but Mike Ashley deserves a lot of credit because he bought he bought Joe Linton for forty million, thinking we could potentially sell him on for more money. And look. It probably won't be in the way Mike actually imagined it, but if Newcastle ever do sell him, um, I think they're going to get a lot more than forty million for him. Well, Rafa Benitez didn't want him exactly, yeah, but didn't want him as a centre forward. Yeah, look, Steve Bruce and Ashley to deserve some credit. Maybe not Bruce, but yeah. I tell you who deserves the most credit, Kieran Clark. So yeah. thank you, Kieran. Yeah, thank you for that red card. Um, brilliant to see Jonathan get the goal for his country, and long may his form continue. He was replaced by Bruno, who was involved in the fourth goal for Brazil, which was a penalty. Um, he played the ball back in the box, and the Brazilian forward went down under the challenge. I didn't think it was a penalty myself, but um, good to see Bruno getting involved and just showing what he can do as well. Yeah, good to see that he's um, still in around the team, still got a very, very big part to play. Um, and as I said at the top of the show, I think just having the two of them there, you know, really close pals, it'll be an absolutely fantastic achievement for them. And um, you know, Joel was the f- sorry, Bruno was the first one on social media yesterday to congratulate his good pal. So yeah, just good to see that balance that they've that they've got. Philip says Clark sending off created a monster. Darren says Jolinton the legend, happy to see him score on his debut. Yeah, I think everyone's just proper over the moon. I'm sure he's had a text or two from his Newcastle United teammates as well. Also on international duty, we had Kieran Trippier, 90 minutes versus Malta. Uh, he switched positions a, a couple of times, just doing what Kieran Trippier does. Yeah, leading from the front as always. Um, really good display from him. I know it was against you know, a Malta team that probably aren't, um, probably aren't up to scratch. But look, yeah, still got to see him get minutes. Southgate, you know, as as we know, you know, really, really rates him. I like the fact that he can also play at left back for England. Um, I know he hasn't really done it at Newcastle, but it's a good option to have further down the line. 
And yeah, just good to see him and Wilson both both being involved. Yeah, Callum Wilson comes off the bench on the hour mark, grabs the penalty on the 83rd uh, minute. Again, very questionable penalty, but Callum Wilson's got to put that away. And great to see him amongst the goals. Yep, yeah, got some trivia for you. Go on then. Shoes on the other foot. First Newcastle player to score for England since? 2007. Oh, here we go. Here you Are you going to give me the player? No, well, I was going to ask you. There you go. Michael Owen. Easy to me. This isn't my first rodeo, you know. I am the quiz master, so there we go. Catch out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that, again, not that he needed his confidence boosting, but obviously it's just a brilliant feeling to score for your country, isn't it? Oh, absolutely, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, he, he, he had that World Cup, had a couple of, you know, good little cameo appearances, and then obviously his Newcastle form tailed off. But I think that'll give him, you know, that'll do him the world of good to score, um, even if it was, you know, from the spot against a, a team like Mora. Got a few people in the comments asking about a rumor about Bruno, um, and it is a rumor that he's going to be part exchange with Barcelona for Rafina doing the rounds this afternoon. Well, I don't think that's going to happen at all. Bruno very happy at Newcastle. Newcastle will not want to sell him. Don't want to sell him. He is a Newcastle United player. Got Champions League talks of a new contract. Rafina's also said he doesn't want to leave Barcelona. So that one, uh, I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar is an absolute no go. Feels like an absolute non-starter, doesn't it? I mean, for the, all the reasons you've just mentioned and the fact that Bruno is, you know, on the cusp of signing a new deal. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a it's a ludicrous story, I think. 30 million in Bruno for Rafinha, it just, it just doesn't make any sense. No, Newcastle looking to build uh, the team around star players and Bruno is definitely one of those. Unless he decides he wants to go, Newcastle are definitely not cashing in, which is great to see because that's the Newcastle... Of now, not the Newcastle of old, who probably would cash in if a cheeky little 60, 70 million pound bid came in. Yeah, back in the day, I think you'd be snapping the hand off. But now, as you say, then you know they're going to build a team around Bruno, um, undoubtedly. Yeah. Now, one of the other players who played for England was James Madison, and he did impress. Obviously, Newcastle very interested in him, as are Spurs, and that's where the chase is leading towards today. That Spurs apparently have. have Jumped ahead of Newcastle in the pecking order for James Madison. Rumours that he prefers a move to London. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a little aspect of this story which refuses to go away, and that is you know a, a couple of different reports have came out about it, about the fact that he would prefer a move down south. All I'll say on it is, I think if you, if you look at what's happened over the last week, just in isolation. You know, very, very visibly close with Callum Wilson. Wilson having a little word in his ear when they left the pitch. Obviously, that social media post last week. Madison knows exactly what he's doing, posting a photo of Callum Wilson on his Instagram. I just think Tottenham at the minute, are they a club that you could see people really thinking, you know, is that London pull enough to keep you away from Newcastle? I'm not too sure. And I think, you know, anybody you speak to, Newcastle are confident that if they need to get a deal done, they will. It might not be their priority position, but I think there's a confidence there that if Leicester lower their demands, they can get the deal done. You don't need to sell Newcastle United. You shouldn't need to sell Newcastle United to any player. You know, before it was all about you know the passion of the fan base and what the the size of this club could become. But now they've got Champions League football. They've got something to show for it and. You know, if you, as I said the other week about Calvin Phillips, if you're not persuaded at the first call, then, you know, if it was me and Newcastle move on and they go and find someone who, who wants to play for this club because you saw 
with the players they have signed, you know, they've bought right into it, not just playing for Newcastle United, but the city, the culture, everything. And if you're having to be persuaded to join Newcastle United, who are going to embark on a Champions League tour next season, then I'm sorry, are you the player for Newcastle United? I, th- I know that that's your mantra and you, you keep mentioning it on the pod that if a player doesn't want to join, you know, don't force it. But I think sometimes if the, as the window goes on and they maybe need reinforcements, I've got no no qualms with Newcastle going back in for players that maybe weren't weren't convinced first time around. And I know that goes completely against what you've, you know, you keep banging the drum about on here. But I don't know. I just think sometimes players might just need a little bit of persuading and that's absolutely fine. So if you're Callum Wilson, you're Kieran Tripp, yeah, what are you what are you saying to James Madison? Look, I think I think they don't need to say it a lot if I'm completely honest. I think James Madison was at St James's Park last month when Newcastle United secured Champions League football. All he needed to do really was look around that stadium. You won't get many places like that. I think Madison will know that. For me, and look, I'm, I'm not in James Madison's head, I don't know, maybe he does want to move to the bright lights of London, I've lived there myself, fantastic city, but I just think you've got so many pros on this Newcastle list now, Champions League football, your England mates are there, you know, a club on the up, you're going to join and be an instant favourite, or, you know, you move to London and you join a club that don't have European football, they're a little bit of a mess. It's a rebuilding job. It's a rebuilding job. You've got a manager who may or may not cut it in the Premier League. Yep, exactly. You've got you've got a lot of this and bust. And I mean, Tottenham as a club, got a fantastic stadium. They've hired some very, very good managers over the years who just, for whatever reason, can't get a tune out of it. They've got a good squad. And I've no doubt they'll be back next season. But I just think, and this is without having the black and white you know, tinted spectacles on, I just think Newcastle's just such a bigger draw at the minute. We suspect that we'll know sooner rather than later about James Madison's future once the international games are, are done and dusted. Are you expecting it to move quite quickly? I think as soon as this international breaks out the way, I think that's when we finally see the ball roll. And I think that's when we probably see if Newcastle United want to fully make a bid, I think that's when it comes. And I think the player himself will, will make a decision pretty swiftly before he goes and enjoys a little bit of a holiday. And should Madison move to Tottenham instead of Newcastle, it has to be dealt in that moment, doesn't it? You go, okay, you move on. There are other targets, there are other players, and you you are rest assured that Newcastle do have other players on their radar that can fit into the position Madison would play. They've got a plan B, they've got a plan C, 100%. They've, they've been through this before, not just with plenty of players, but actually with James Madison himself last summer when they really, really pushed to try and get him from Leicester. Leicester wouldn't drop their evaluation. It'll be no different this summer. If Madison doesn't want to come and he says, I, I want to stay, I want to go to Tottenham, I think Newcastle will say, right, fair enough, no problem. And I think that'll be it for them. They've tried last summer, they couldn't get it done. They've tried this summer and they'll move on and they'll find somebody else. There's plenty of options out there to you know, to replace him. And one man that Newcastle uh, showed interest in last week was Nicola Borella. Uh, instantly, other clubs were then alerted to, to the a potential move. Uh, you mentioned on last week's podcast it was going to take something special to persuade him because he's an Inter Milan boyhood fan, you know they're going really well. Obviously, Champions League final. Why would he leave? Fifty million as well. Probably wasn't going to cut it at all. Rumours that Chelsea have have woken up and they want to sign their one millionth midfielder to put in their squad. Sending Romelu Lukaku there permanently as part of a part exchange. I mean, the fact that Newcastle are interested interested is great, but it has alerted other teams to to what potentially could have been a bargain. 
Yeah, I, I think, look, I think it was always very, very um, fanciful that Newcastle were going to get a player of Barella's quality for £50 million. Um, Inter Milan, if they didn't want to sell him in the first place, I don't think they're going to be persuaded by £50 million for one of who is, you know, Europe's top midfielders. It's fantastic that Newcastle are showing interest in these type of players, really big names, Champions League finalists, European finalists. But I just think they've maybe picked a fight with the wrong player. Inter Milan born and bred, a club on the up, as you say. You know, the Inter Milan ultras have came out this weekend and basically said to him, do not sell this man under <laughs> any uh, circumstances. And I think that pretty much tells you you've got a club that doesn't want to sell, you've got a player who probably doesn't want to leave and you've got a fan base who are really, really rooting for him to stay. I just think it's 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 maybe just a no-go at the moment. But we know that the central midfield is Newcastle United's priority. They want to bring somebody in. So we've got a few names down here that we're going to talk about. We're going to kind of give you the latest uh, and then you know a little bit of opinion to why those, those players may or may not fit into Newcastle's plans and what we think will happen. So we'll continue on. Nicolo Borella. If Newcastle United sign him, big statement signing. It's clear why Newcastle United are interested. His pedigree is unbelievable. Really talented midfielder. It would it would rattle some cages. However, you're probably looking closer to 100 million than you are 50 million. So that's this is the first sticking point. Second sticking point, as we've mentioned, is he going to leave his boyhood club? Arguably not. And then the third sticking point is well. <laughs> If clubs know they can get him for seventy five hundred million, other clubs are going to be in for him. If if Newcastle United think they can really realistically get it, and I think it's probably not been a good thing that it's leaked into the media. I think they would have much preferred to have done any negotiations behind the scenes so that the likes of Chelsea and you know, I think I've seen Liverpool and other clubs linked as well. It's not only been that you've got to persuade Inter Milan and the player, you've now got to beat the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool, who, yes, may not have had a very good season, but they're still huge, huge draws for players um, on the continent. I just I just can't see it happening, unfortunately. But it, as I say, it's a fantastic statement that they're even pushing to get a player of his quality. Genuinely interested, I think, yeah. as well. And I think you know, Eddie Howe made it clear, it shouldn't be a surprise, Eddie Howe said, we want elite signings and... I mean, I was taken aback, not at the link, but actually at how shocked Newcastle fans were at the link. You know, it was like, look, don't get me wrong, it would be a huge signing. It would be one of the biggest signings in their history. It would you know, undoubtedly be their, their record signing. But I think Newcastle will go out and buy a real marquee signing this summer, and I think they will shock a lot of people by doing it. And do you think that marquee signing will come because that's what, Eddie Howe wants it's what the team need or do you think it's it, it also might come from a little bit from, from above Eddie Howe where they want to make that marquee signing they want to make a big statement I think it's, it, it will no doubt be a mix of both I think ultimately it's because Eddie Howe wants to really drag the standard of this team up he wants players who aren't just going to come in and make the numbers and strengthen the bench he wants players that are really going to um, walk into this first team and, and instantly improve it and on the other hand, I think PIF will also want to say, look, we've got this money to spend. Let's go out and you know, you know, really make a statement with it as well. So marks out a ten on likelihood of that one. Three or four, I'd say. Three or four. So there we have it. Right next on the list is Tyler Adams from Leeds United. Reports they want forty million pounds for Tyler Adams. And I, I think what we will see with with Adams, whether it's to Newcastle United or not, I think he will move to the Premier League. 
I think as the window goes on, like we will with Ward-Prowse, like we will with James Madison, you will see that number coming down because £40 million for Tyler Adams seems a little bit extortionate. He's a fantastic player, a young player, great experience. But he's been relegated. He's going to want to, to get away, so they don't really have that much power. £40 million for him, I think that's 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 too much. Yeah, it's a big fee for a, for a relegated player. And I'm not saying that just because I got relegated. He was a standout in that Leeds team. But I just think, as you say, if you wait and hang on, Leeds know they're going to have to sell. Tyler Adams does not want to be playing championship football. I think you'll be able to get that price way, way down. No, I, I think he would fit perfectly yeah. into that side. I think, as you mentioned many, many times, he gets his foot stuck in, does the work that maybe goes a little bit unnoticed, plenty of energy about him, can pick a pass. You can get him for 25, 30 million. I don't think that's the worst deal in the world. Not at all. I think you saw last season when he got injured towards the back end of the campaign how much Leeds really missed him. Um, as you've mentioned earlier in, in, in previous episodes, he's got Champions League experience. He's played in Europe before. Um, very, very highly rated when he was at was Leipzig. You know, he's he's been there and done it. I think he'd be a very, very good addition. I think if they can, as you say, if they can just get that price down a bit, he could actually turn out to be a really, really shrewd signing. But I think Newcastle definitely won't be alone in, in trying to get him. No, I, I agree. Um, and I also think he's down the list on, 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 on the players that they want to bring in in that position. I don't think he's he's at the top of the list. When you look at Barella, for example, I mean, he might be on that BRC list. Doesn't mean he's he's a bad player. I just don't think if Newcastle had the ability to pick their first choices, I don't think Tyler Adams would be on that list. No, I agree. But ultimately, I think also they're going to have to spend quite clever, and they can't just go out and buy. You know, they might they might do it, but I don't think they should just go out and buy two, you know, fifty sixty million pound players, and that be done with it. If you get Tyler Adams for twenty five million. It's a really, really good deal, and and you know he's saving a bit of money elsewhere. Uh, Christopher says great player, but he's not worth forty million. Uh, Truel says forty million for Adams and Madison is fifty, and while Madison is fifty to fifty-five million, makes no sense. Um, that Adams should be worth forty million. Malcolm says Lavia from Southampton is a better player. He's also on the list that we've got written down here. It, it was a toss-up between those two. Lavia for me, purely because of his age. He's got a lot more scope to grow, I think. I was really, really surprised when Southampton managed to get him from Manchester City. You know, he'd played a couple of games at City and looked really lively. Um, a very, very good player in the middle of the park in a, in a very poor Southampton team. I just think if he'd managed to get a knockdown price for him, I think it'd be a really, really good addition. And Johnny says, anything over £20 million for Adams uh, is a bit pricey. Good player, but is relatively limited, especially if you can get more talented players from the continent for thirty million pounds or more. Truel says, if we go for players like Adams and players of that ilk, we are in trouble next season, which I think is very unfair. And we we know Truels, thank you for being a regular viewer of the podcast. We know you don't like to sign relegated players, but you know, as people have mentioned, not just Adams, there's 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 Lavia as well, who are talented talented players. Uh, I mean, who 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 do you think would be fetching more? in the market Lavia or Adams I think Lavia will probably drive a higher price again as I say just the age of him I think you know I've already seen this week um, Arsenal linked there's probably going to be a battle I think when you look at that Southampton team that's went down the two players that stand out in terms of who would be leaving I think are Lavia and Ward Prowse it's an absolute no-brainer for me you know you know, I know that you are an absolute 
avid Ward Prowse fan, but I think Lavier's the one player you would take from that team and he would really improve a lot of Premier League teams. Such an avid Ward Prowse fan that I've not actually got him written down on the list. Well, I'm really surprised by that. I've been I've been persuaded against him. For fifty million pounds, it's yeah. not even worth having a conversation about really. Um so out of ten, Tyler Adams. Um we'll go five and a half. Five and a half for Adams and Lavia. Out of ten. Six. Six. Point five. Six point five. There we go. And as Johnny's pointed out there, Madison was relegated with Leicester. Um so, you know, just because it goes down. Um Chul says it's not all about relegated players, it's what we've got and what we need to be able to play in three cups and the league. Which is very true, and they are gonna have to build a squad and that goes back to what you were just saying there. The budget isn't endless at all. So there are going to be some players that they might sign which might not you know, excite fans, but it's all done with a plan in mind. Absolutely, and, and they need to shop clever. I know there's all this talk about budgets and you know, high-end elite signings, but ultimately dip into that free agent market, try and get these cut-price deals, try and get deals like Nick Pope for £10 million last year. You need to be looking to try and save money, and I think that's what Ashworth and, and how are we doing. Uh, another Italian linked is Sandro Tonali. How are we feeling about that one? Do you, what, do you want to tell me what you called him about 30 minutes ago off air? I mistakenly called him Bruno. Bruno what? Tonioli? Is that the Strictly Come Dancing judge? Is that it what you called him? Seven Jest. Everyone's oh, going to yeah, think yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, it was seven, jest, yeah. seven, seven Jest. I'm glad you know who that judge is though. Um, <laughs> Sandro Tonali. I've not seen him. I mean, I'll be honest, I've not heard of him. So I'm going to leave that one with you. Yeah, very, very speculative links. Um, I think potentially maybe um, coming out of... Italy to try and draw up some price for him. Um, amazing midfielder, you know. Um, he was, you know, signed by AC Milan as the next Perlo. You know, he was really, really highly rated. He plays for Italy week in week out. But I just think the links are are a little bit too speculative. Um, I'm not sure it's you know, there's much legs to it. Gone out of ten. Uh, two. Two for that one. Darren says the problem with Madison Norwich will make fifteen percent from the transfer, so Leicester will want as much as they can get out of it, which is a very good point. But yeah. also, he hasn't got that much time to run on his deal either. So Leicester have to strike a balance. Yeah, it's 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 potentially losing him for free next summer or having to really lose him for a cut price in January. Um, I think there's no doubt he'll go this summer. It just depends on the price. Yeah, indeed. It's going to be one to watch. Now, I've got Calvin Phillips written down, but instantly I'm just going to say that's just not happening. Not happening? Don't think so? Is, no. that, is, this, is this because of your... I Real firm belief that if players don't want to join, that Newcastle shouldn't look at them, or do you just think he's just not going to come because he d- he doesn't want to come? I think he doesn't want to come. I think he he's he's got his heart set on making it work at Manchester City. And I can totally accept that big money move. He want to be part of it. I also wonder if it's a bit of a gamble as well. The amount of money gamble. that they'd want from plus his injury record. Is he actually match fit? You know, he's, he's missed a large part of the season. And yeah, look again. It, it, Newcastle United are no longer second choice. I think if, if Eddie Howe comes knocking on your door, you, you've got to consider it. And I, I, I genuinely do think that if players don't jump at the first time of asking, unless they're so key to the strategy and so key to moving forward at Newcastle, they'll move on. Yeah, I think if this was the Calvin Phillips at Leeds, I would be saying, no-brainer, go and get them, spend whatever they want bring him in as a top target huge question marks over him now because of that fitness he's hardly played at Man City couldn't really get in the team 
And I think, as you say, I don't think they will let him go on the cheap either. So I, I, I'm going to go zero. Yeah, I think I'm going to go two. I'm go zero. And the last name I've got written on the list is Unana from Everton, linked a few weeks back. I really, really, really like him. Obviously, Everton staying in the Premier League complicates that slightly, slightly more. But he would be for me a really solid signing. If you think Joe Linton is a big sort of machine in the middle, then you look at Onana next to him. Jesus, he's he's a fantastic player, very very physical. Um, will Everton let him go this summer? I, I don't know. You know he's only been there a year. Absolutely loved by the fan base. Seems to be quite settled. Had a very good first season. Uh, I'm not too sure about that one. He'd be a fantastic signing. I'm just not sure how many how much legs it's got. Yeah, I'm going to go for like. A one. Okay, That's me being optimistic. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, we're not very optimistic at any of them names. But I, um, but I think, if, if I'm completely honest, I think um, I think that does sort of sum up what sort of a window it's been so far. There's been a lot of sort of speculative links, not you know, not a lot of concrete interest. Eddie Howe's you know, made it clear he's working from a very small pool. You know, all these six, seven names mentioned, I, I highly doubt all of them are going to be on their list. Um, but look, the window's already open and this time last year they already had two or three pretty much in the door so they'll be wanting to get a move on. Yeah, they will do. I mean, other names linked over the weekend. Uh, Marco Cucurella from Chelsea, £64 million signing from Brighton. Had a terrible, terrible time at it of, of late at Chelsea. This one is split um, fans. Now, we know Newcastle are potentially in the market for a full-back uh, to you know, to help obviously with the, with the Champions League campaign and just offer a bit more than Dan Burnham and Matt possibly can. Apparently, he's available on a, on a cut price deal. Million. But for me, yeah, look, if you're going to go out and sign a left back who's going to unseat Dan Burnham and knock my target further down the pecking order, it's not Cucurella for me. This is this is where we're going to have a, a first real disagreement of the of the show because for me, if Mark Cucurella is Really available as reports over the weekend suggested for thirty million pounds. I think it's a no-brainer. If you sign Mark Rea and you get anywhere near what he was like at Brighton, you're on a winner. But why isn't it worth the Chelsea? Oh, I, know, I, think, I know they've been on, in an uh, awful position, but, but but surely he still should be performing at a level which persuaded them to buy him for that price in the first. Look, first. Graham Potter, Graham Potter worked wonders with him at, Ch- at Brighton, and obviously then went and paid big money for him um, at Chelsea. Looking at what Chelsea were like at St James's Park back in October, November, when Graham Potter was still in charge and they got beat, he tinkered with that team four or five times in play. He was moving Kukurea. I don't even know if Kukurea played that game, but for example, you had Lewis Hall was playing left wing back, then he was playing centre midfield, then he was swapping to a back four. There was no, I think, any Chelsea player last season, you can just write off the season. They weren't at their best, the club were in crisis. I think Kukurea would be a really interesting deal and I would really, really like to see him at St James's Park if we can get a deal done. Truel says I would take Kukurea. He was a great he was great at Brighton and how we'll get him going again and Johnny shoots me down. He says it's a similar argument to signing relegated players. If we were trying to sign him after his last season of Brighton, it's a great signing. So I guess people will say you look at the way Joe Linton's uh, come on, the way Miguel Almiron's come on, to a certain extent the way Dan Burns come on, you say Eddie Howell just work his magic again. If I'm completely honest, you look at Kukurea, he was very, very good in Spain. He came to the Premier League, slotted in straight away, and he's only really had one bad season. And it was a season where he's probably playing the left of a back three where I don't think he fits. Playing in a back five probably doesn't suit him. I think 
allow him to play at left back, go forward. He offers a lot more than Byrne going forward. Um, I think he would be really, really good. It just depends whether this mirror report of the weekend of the £30 million is true, but I would really, really like him. Philip says, Kukurea was unreal at Brighton. How would turn him back into a great player? £20, £30 for him is a steal, in my opinion. Chelsea were just not very good last season and they made him one of the four guys. Between him and Tini, who would you be going for? Kukurea. Over Tini? Yeah, much better Much better fitness record. Um, I, don't get us wrong, I like Tierney, but and, and they offer you know probably similar amounts going forward, but I just think Kukurea, I think, would be a really, really exciting signing. It's interesting, isn't it? Because for many, many months, it's been all about Tini and people in the club, Tini's people, very confident this is, deal is going to happen. Do you think they've moved on from that? Um, look, as far as I'm aware, I spoke about this last week. The last time I, I, I spoke to somebody about it, there was confidence on, on both sides that it was going to get done. Obviously, Scotland are, are currently on international duty as well. Um, I'm not too sure. I think it, a lot of it depends on the player. Um, Arsenal, as we know, are trying to sort of clear the books a little bit to, to um, sort of bolster their transfer kitty. I think a lot of it depends on what Arsenal do themselves, incoming-wise. Um, but yeah, as I say, the last time I, I sort of heard about it, it was confidence from, from Newcastle. Yeah, Roger says, I agree with you there, Aaron. If Kukurea was anywhere near the Brighton form, plus Eddie Howe magic, he'd be brilliant. Trudel says Teeny is too injury prone. I don't think we will get a left back, but she hopes that she's wrong. I mean, the two positions, as far as we are aware, are a midfielder, a central midfielder, and a left back. I, think, I, I expect yeah. them to get both. I think if you look at the starting eleven and, and think where can where can this Newcastle team be improved, I think you look at left back, and that's no disrespect to Dan Byrne. I just think you maybe want someone who's a natural left back rather than a centre back in that position. Even though the midfield has been fantastic this season, I think you would look at it and say, get someone who's a deep-line midfielder and let Bruno go forward. And, yeah, maybe if you're then being greedy, you look at another attacker and maybe a, a sort of a, a backup for share. But I think, as you said, the two positions they really will want to go and strengthen are in midfield and, and at left-back. Now, the other big name that came out over the weekend was that of Sarri Mane, uh, falling out of favour by Munich, obviously, did so well at Liverpool, brilliant Southampton prior to that. Was asked about whether he would join Newcastle um, by, a, by a jury uh, lord um, in a, some sort of meeting somewhere, wherever it was. And he said, never say never. Now, a lot of people have taken that as Marnie saying, yeah, I'm going to move to Newcastle. I, I, I suspect he knows exactly what he's doing with that comment. Why would you shut it down? You know, whether whether it's you angling for a deal somewhere else, you know, it would do you no good at all just to say, nah, I'm not interested. Let's look at it from the Newcastle United point of view. I mean, that would break the wage structure, which we know they don't want to do. However, it is a statement signing. It is a quality signing. Yes, he's what, 31, is he? I think so. So he's probably above the age bracket where maybe you break the wage structure for. However, does he do what Newcastle United are after for a couple of seasons and, and, and elevate them to the next level? Um, I don't think there'd be many Newcastle United fans, me included. I don't think I would ever say no to Sadio Mane. I think you've just got to look at what he did at Liverpool. Um, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Signed last season by Bayern, £35 million, three-year deal. He's obviously got two years left to run. I can't see it happening. I just think the money involved to pay him every week, he would 
he would break that wage structure and then some. Um, it just maybe depends of, of is he prepared, is, is he so desperate to leave Bayern that he takes a pay cut? If he is, he's probably going to have suitors elsewhere and, and you know not to say Newcastle aren't a big enough draw, but I think if Sadio Mane's on the market, you're going to probably get 10 or 12 teams that say, right, we want them. So, again, I can't really see it happening. Andrew Blair says, I'd go for Marnius, add some Champions League experience. Uh, Roger says, uh, 350,000 per week, reportedly. Uh, no Marnie for him. Johnny says, Marnie is outside the profile. We are looking at one of the world's best with 30 plus and will earn considerably more than all the other players. And I think that alone is probably why it, it, it won't happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could end up getting him on a free potentially by and just want to get rid of him, but the wage that he would command, unless he takes a pick, as you say, you just write that one off, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I just don't think it's a deal that they're going to get. I think it was very, very honourable of the, the Geordie Lord. I think he was in Senegal when he bumped into him and asked the question, but I think maybe Marnie was just being a bit polite when he said, never say never. Uh, the Mighty Wind says, Teeny is nowhere near as injury prone seems to be the general consensus, but I still prefer, uh, prefer Kukurea or Joanne Miranda. So that's one to watch. Um, a few other things to talk about then. The season tickets uh, were announced last week. Um, renewals are open today for fans. Um, a bit of a price rise in certain uh, areas. 5% for some. Juniors are frozen. Long-term deals are frozen. Some people aren't very happy. Some people said, well, you know, it's the price of success. And when you look around at other clubs, Aaron, you know, it's not that big of a price hike, is it? This, this is the big thing for me. I think on the face of it, a 5% rise for season tickets, fans are going to think, oh, well, you know, that's it's a lot in these times. But I think you've only got to look, as you say, around the country. Nottingham Forest, but Menez of 20%, Fulham, 18%, Villa, Everton, Brighton, all in double figures in terms of their price rises. Um, I mean, I think for, for something like Fulham, it works out at like £150 per game. When you put it in a context like that, I don't think a 5% rise is too bad. I think, as you say, it's the price of success. I know in an ideal world, um, because of you know who the owners are, they would they would maybe um, go a bit easier on, on finances. But the amount of changes they're making behind the scenes, the amount of money they're spending, they need to improve that match-day revenue, and, and this is the way to do it. Yeah, um, I'm sure a lot of you guys who are fortunate to have a season tickets are already... Um, <laughs> I'm just reading a comment here. Let me just read it before I put it on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny says, it's a disgrace. Everyone with season tickets should boycott, not renew, and I promise not to get one myself. Yeah, very good there. I think that's been kind of the reaction for many people, isn't yeah. it? If you don't want to go, I'll take your ticket. But look, it was always going to um, upset some because you know t times are tough, aren't they? But I think the club probably have done their very best to try and limit the, the rise and I'm sure that when this deadline hits on the 5th of July, you will see next to no tickets available for general sales. Such is the demand. Yep. We wanted to talk about um, Ruben Neves moving to Saudi Arabia. Now, Neves was linked to move to Newcastle. Um, I think they did cast an eye over him at some point over the last year. 26, a fantastic player. He's moved to Saudi Arabia, obviously, Big money deal. I think it's forty-seven million pounds, yeah. something like that. He'll be getting a bump back wage as well. I mean, I texted you yesterday when I read that, and I was just like, 
for me, I, I don't, I just don't, I just don't get it. I get, it's a brilliant move for Saudi football because it's a, it's a, it's a youngish player who's got a big reputation coming to their league, and that will help boost the profile. It's a good move for him from a financial side, you know, um, a really good wage packet there secures his financial future with his family and what have you. But surely, if you're ambitious, you, you, you know, it wasn't too long ago he was angling for a move to Barcelona. It's a really, really weird one with Neves because you've got this player who captained Porto, the youngest of a, a captain in the Champions League at 18, you know, this huge player that everybody in Europe wanted. He joins Wolves in the Championship, you know, as part of that big Portuguese drive. He was one of the first Portuguese players to go over there. And then I don't know, this big, this big move, this big stepping stone move from Wolves just hasn't materialised. Every summer you hear about him leaving, Manchester United want him, Newcastle want him. Barcelona want him and it's just never happened and I, and I can't really understand why given how good he is look if somebody came to me and said we'll offer you £250,000 a week it's very very hard to say no to you but I get your sentiment he's, he's what he's 26 he's coming up with prime he could probably play at pretty much any Premier League club it's a very very disappointing move but I just think it's very, it's also very, very hard to turn that money down for some people. And as, as like you say, him and his family are set now for life. Even if he goes over there for two years and comes back to England or Europe at 28. But as you say, you know, it's it's a bit of a weird one. And on the back of that story, claims that the Public Investment Fund have a minority stake in a company called Clear Lake, who, now to get this right, are the company... That helped with the Chelsea takeover. Yeah, I think it's it's Chelsea's um, Chelsea's pretty much predominant main source of funding comes from Clear Lake. Todd Bowley's clearly involved. Clear Lake have consistently denied that you know there was any Saudi involvement in the takeover, um, but there is reports, you know, speculation that allegedly this you know PIF pumped significant money into Clear Lake. You know, in return, now you see. Lukaku, Kante, Mendy, Ziyech, all these players linked with moves to Saudi Arabia, um, which is definitely raising, raising some eyebrows. I think a lot of people have said, you know, they've invested in a company that who have then gone and bought Chelsea. It's different because, yeah. you know, some people are saying, does that mean they're involved in Chelsea, which wouldn't be allowed yeah. in the rules. So I think that's the, the difference people are getting at. We're still looking into it fully. Um, but yeah, you've mentioned there the, the, the names who have been linked um, to big money moves from Chelsea to Saudi Arabia, and a lot of people are asking, well, isn't that directly funding a competitor? I, I guess from the Saudi Arabian point of view, they're all about boosting their pro, boosting their league's profile, and that's in many ways, you know, we've talked about the separation issue for months and months and months. The argument would be, well, they're separate, so the Saudi league can do what they want and wh how that benefits or goes against Newcastle doesn't really matter because there's a separate, that's a separation, right? Yeah, there. and look, PIF, you know, on the face of it, have absolutely no involvement with Chelsea. They don't know any stakes in Chelsea. Um, they don't really have anything to do with Chelsea. There is obviously just this maybe little grey area, which if we all of a sudden start to see, you know, big, big names from Chelsea leaving to go to Saudi football, there might, maybe be a little conflict of interest. The Saudis will say, look, we're just trying to boost our league. We've got Benzema, we've got Ronaldo, but we just want to add um, significant talent. And it looks like they're going to, by the way, I think by the end of the summer, we'll see a huge amount of names now playing 
in the Saudi top flights. You know, like it, I love it. I think it's going to happen. Um, will it be similar to China all the years ago? I'm not too sure. Be interesting to see though. Yeah, we'll uh, certainly be one to watch. We're going to finish off on some uh, trivia. Are you ready? And I'm going to help Aaron out here. So let me just uh, share my screen a moment. And let's see if this works. So we've got an Oracle quiz. Hopefully you can see that on the screen. All right, let me just go down. Get rid of these adverts. Right, so the quiz is, so for you guys who are watching live do help out and cast night's top premier league scores a to z can you name your cast night's top scoring premier leagues per initial we've got four minutes and there's 26 obviously because that's the number of people in the alphabet okay shall we go yeah so we'll start with a. Sh- we'll just go through we'll go with Shira, right okay right ferdinand yeah a will be amiobi wilson yeah, carol no carol being Italy. <gasps> Thought would have been being right. Um, C, forty-three. Probably goals. I've been blind. A cool man, obviously cool. man. Um, Lee must be. Yeah, you help out anytime you like, Aaron. Um, X or oh, Cisco. Cisco with one. There's a, there's good. a man from the blast from the past. No, none for you. Um, let's see what people in the comments are saying here. Cool, yeah, everyone's shouting cool. Everyone's We've shouting got him, yeah. Niall says the Kabaya, it's not as cool. Uh, let's go back on then. Ginola, yeah. potentially. No. no. 11. G. Buffon, surely not. Ooh! And Gillespie. Keith Gillespie, and Gale, Johan Guffran, and Dwight Gale. E. Let's stop. Um. Twenty-three goals D. Not Dumbia. <laughs> Certainly not Dumbia. I'm joking before anyone Dumbia. writes in. Um J E I I I I can't be it. Um trying to think uh, well, we've got a P. Thirty three. P. Peacock didn't get thirty three, did he? Has he? Maiden. No, um, go back in. Viduga. We've got, we've got B. We'll try Viduga. There Very we go. Sharp, Seven. Yeah. Well done. T. Twelve. Oh, we're out of very well, yeah, we're. Thomason, was it? Um, Island. How are we? Someone saying Emray. Emray. Let's have a shout. No. E. Oh. Eleven. We're D, doing awful here. Spring left wings. Is Robert going to be the R? Robert could be the R, you know. Yeah, maybe. There yeah, we go. Oh. Is the, the D might be Dyer? Oh, Kieran Dyer, though. Elliot, Elliot. Or the double team, maybe. Oh, there's oh, Robbie oh. Elliot. 11 goals. Right, H4. Does that asterisk mean they're still playing a day? What's the M? Martins? Martins, it must be, mustn't it? Yeah. H. Oh, we're going to run out of time here. This is shocking. Um, Why? Yedlin? Yedlin? Oh, I take okay. a bat. Yeah. I take that bat. <laughs> he only scored two. I think that was a, a decent guess. <sighs> P. Uh, J. Genus? 
Nope. No. Oh, nah, I'm stumped. Owen, no. Um, yeah, it might be Owen. That's Owen. Yeah. We're not going to know. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry. I thought we'd done 26. Um, N. I's going to. I can't believe we haven't got an A. Still playing now, Jay. Joe Linton. 20 seconds. We're not going to get all these, are we? No. We've failed you. 20 out of 26. Kitson. Oh, well done. Um, 21 out of 26. Still T. playing now, H. Mm, that's it, oh. Tyler. Nah. Oh, Perez. Nolan. Isaac. Oh, Isaac, oh, I'm so sorry, Alexander. Stephen Taylor. Taylor, 12 goals. So there we have it. For those listening, uh, from A to Z, Shola Miobi on 43, Peter Beardsley 47, Lanny Cole 43, Kieran Dyer 23, Robbie Elliott 11, Les Fern on 41, Keith Gillespie, Goofran Gale on 11, Hughes, Harmon, Hayden, Hayden, Hayden. on 4, uh, Isaac on 8, Joe Linton, Kitson uh, on 10, Rob Lee on 34, uh, Oberfemi Martins on 28, Nolan on 12, Owen on 26, Perez on 33, no one on Q, Robert 22, Shearer 148, Stephen Taylor 12, no one on U, Mark Viduka 7, Callum Wilson 20, Cisco 1, Dionne Yedlin 2, and no one on Z. Me and Alan got 21 out of 26. I am thoroughly disappointed at that. Disappointed in the ones we missed. Isaac, Nolan, Perez... Uh, um, oh, do you know what the point was that I tried to put it on the screen I forgot I even had it on the screen that's why no one could see it I do apologise next week we'll have it on the screen full time I assume it would automatically just have added but yeah there we go there it is on the screen um, I'll put the link in the comments to where this quiz was uh, there you go guys yeah next week we're going to have to do better than that yeah but for the meantime, this has been the Everything is Black and White podcast. We do appreciate you guys tuning in. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching live on YouTube or hit that follow button on your podcast file and leave us a rating and review. And uh, from myself and Aaron, we'll be back. Well, we'll be back later this week, actually, because we've got a special episode, haven't we? Yeah. So tomorrow, Tuesday, we're going to be recording with some well-known Newcastle United podcasters and YouTubers. We're going to get them to take part in our end-of-season big survey and we're really looking forward to that one that will be out on tuesday evening it'll be live well it'll be played out on youtube on wednesday morning so look out for that one uh, and we've got another let's talk about episode later this week as well about farm parks we've had one about anthony gordon gone up over the weekend so hit up that but yeah for the meantime look after yourself guys and we'll be back later this week Bye.